Podcast ain't played nobody. Bill, how was your week one? Before you answer, I'm going to tell you how mine was. It wasn't that great. I'm not going to lie to you. You've been telling me for weeks, because you've been telling me for weeks that any football would be better than no football, but I think quietly, subconsciously, we've all built up our week ones in our mind to be comparable to week ones of the past. Now, when you look at the entire weekend, the body of it, I think we think about West Virginia, Virginia Tech, UCLA, Texas A&M, and Tennessee, Georgia Tech, because those were great games with great finishes. Um, But Saturday... It was not that good. It just wasn't. Man, if you, I, I, <laughs> I had a freaking blast all week. I, I don't know where wow. the ball is set for other people, but my set God. higher standards for yourself. All right, first off, we had Ohio State, Indiana on Thursday, which was super very fun. Very good. We had Oklahoma State Tulsa on the DVR on Thursday. Let which me was pause real fast, game. Bill. You and yeah. I called the Indiana Ohio State game to a T. It was yeah. our be- it was our best non prediction prediction <laughs> ever. I was just well, really had, proud of that. You had that. Uh, granted, Friday night was kind of cruddy because Wisconsin thought about, you know, uh, pawing around with Utah State for a while and then decided against it. Um, and I didn't have Pac-12 Network, so watching Colorado State lay an egg against Colorado wasn't an option. So, yeah, Friday night wasn't that great. Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, early shift, you had USC thinking about losing Western Michigan. You had – no, wait, I think that was – no, that was oh, later that was, in the day. You're, you're probably thinking about Maryland, Texas. But Look, you had man. Maryland, Texas. You had Iowa, Wyoming, uh, affirming what I thought about Wyoming. Um, it just wasn't. Look, you can argue through it. Here's the problem. You have a marquee game that ends up being the – it's certainly an outcome a lot of us saw coming, but it was just the worst one out of the uh, – there's probably four or five outcomes that you could have pulled from Florida State, Alabama. We got the worst one, and I don't mean which team won or lost, but – uh, by the way, also, I like the fact that that game was able to clap back at people who said this is just going to set up a rematch because <laughs> when, when you destroy the knee of the opposing team's quarterback, it, it is actually not going to set up a rematch, more than likely. In defense of Alabama-Florida State. Please defend Alabama-Florida State. You had a lot of big pass plays in the first quarter, quarter and a half, and who doesn't like special teams' wackiness? <sighs> now, right. the fourth quarter was terrible. But you had big, talented dudes running into each other. You had a couple big pass plays. You had blocks and funky bounces and all that. Uh, you had a good game. It was depressing as hell once Francois went down. But it was just, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never had a problem calibrating myself for watching an Alabama game and then flipping over and watching fun games, too. Um, and there were a lot of fun games. And, and, yeah, Sunday night and Monday night certainly helped polish up the weekend a little bit, but I still enjoyed myself no matter what. I don't know what your problem is. You're just a you're just my problem. You're just crappy. Um, really enjoyed Monday night. Really enjoyed Sunday games. Both Sunday games really solid, right? Like, was very impressed. Um, I have a problem, Bill. It's of the digital variety, and I just need to share it because I need to preface this by saying thank you to everyone who sent the variety of different streaming service logins. I have one streaming service, but it has been kind of cool just for the experiment to check out how the other services work in terms of a college football Saturday. Underrated. Uh, that YouTube TV is pretty slick. It's pretty good. Okay. Man. Pretty good. I don't want to shout out the individual specifically who are giving me their login <laughs> yeah, and the information, but, uh, but thank you. Bill? I defend ESPN more often than not. Yeah. Would you, would you say that's fair? That's very fair. I wrote stories about how this 
LHN disaster really wasn't a disaster, that it wasn't going to be some cost drain on the on the network or some huge problem. Um, it just was what it was and will con- continue to be what it is. I have certainly never sullied myself by stepping foot into that stupid politics debate. I have never really complained one way or the other about ESPN as an entity. I do complain as a news gatherer because they are my competition as a journalist just like everyone else is. Um, that doesn't mean I dislike them. I, I actually really like Game Day, and I, I continue to think that Game Day, even though I don't, it's been forever since I've seen a Game Day from start to finish, but I think it sets the tone. I think it's, I think it's the smartest piece of like pre-sporting event programming in America, but... The Watch ESPN app, Bill. How much experience do you have with the Watch the Watch ESPN? I finally gotten to experience it a little bit over the last couple of months now that I have a cable service that offers it. Uh, that's a that's a new change for 2017. Um, it freezes up often, but I'm pretty sure that's on my end. That's just my terrible internet since YouTube also freezes up all the time. So uh, my I, I've kind of had a, a neutral, we'll say, experience with it. Guess what, Bill? It's not your internet. Oh, it is my internet. It just might be two things. Watch ESPN is ass. I hate to say it. I'm tired of seeing the commercials about it. I'm tired of seeing people uh, at ESPN push their numbers, their stats. I love the PR department. They're all fantastic people for being publicists. You know, it's a different species, but they do well in society. This Watch ESPN app is bad. It is bad. It's bad. Uh, The problem I had with Alabama-Florida State amongst the kind of football being played was... I couldn't watch the damn thing, not sequentially. I could see maybe uh, 75% of every third play. (laughs) Um, And here's the problem. It's not my connection. It has absolutely nothing to do with my equipment. I have fiber, a fiber connection, okay? I can stream like eight things in crystal clear 4K HD at the same time. And to pr- this is the frustrating part, Bill. So I use like a streaming service, and a lot of you out here, this is I, I DM with a lot of our listeners, and I think this is of interest. So I'm going to spend a little second on it. If you have one of these services and you use it at a tailgate or whatever, you're usually good if this if you're using a service like Sling or View or Hulu TV or YouTube TV or whatever. The reason why is you're paying them for a service. So guess what? They're going to work their butts off to provide it. Same goes with like MLB.tv, the WWE Network. They, they have like some of the best streaming technology out there. Watch ESPN, you're not actually paying for. You pay for your cable subscription or you pay for some other subscription and watch ESPN as a perk. And accordingly, it's awful. The servers are awful. They can't handle the bandwidth. They time out. And the reason I was able to figure that it's watch ESPN specifically is let's say, okay, great example, Bill. Saturday night, LSU is playing BYU. I think it's on ESPN regular flavor, okay? If you watched it through Sling, View, or YouTube TV, which I I watched it through all three, it was crystal clear. It was awesome. It was perfect. If you turn on the watch ESPN app, it's awful. It was like watching it through a paper towel tube covered in cellophane okay garbage pure garbage here's the problem the alabama florida state game was on abc all of those services that i just mentioned they don't give you access a lot of them don't give you access to the local abc affiliate meaning here's my problem this weekend i'm gonna have the same problem with one game do you know what game that is oklahoma state south alabama oklahoma you were close my friend Oklahoma, Ohio State, a game, you know, just as good as that one. Uh-huh. Uh, the Saturday night games are, are they're mauling the servers at Watch ESPN. 
everybody's trying to access it because they don't have it through any of their other any of their systems. So I guess I'm going to have to go get like an HD antenna or something. This is it's just absolutely ridiculous that ESPN's premier app, the one that they have all the ad campaigns for, is this bad. I don't want to dwell on it too much longer, but when when I, like I've been accused by colleagues of defending ESPN too much, this app sucks and it ruins the college football experience if you're trying to watch through it. Every other service, fantastic. I still recommend cord cutting. I still think you can get everything through it. YouTube TV provides CBS Sports Network, by the way, in crystal clear HD. I watched Memphis and ULM play a game on Thursday night that nobody else watched, and it was kind of fun. It was really kind of fun. <laughs> I, re- and, I recorded it, and I tried to keep up. And about halfway through the second quarter, I'm like, all right, I got it. And, and when I had The fourth it, quarter, I think, was the, was the most fun. Uh, maybe that I was writing something that night. Indiana, Ohio State had already sort of become what it was. And it was also neat, not neat, but Hurricane Harvey, as devastating as Hurricane Harvey was to Houston and still is to Houston and still is to places like Galveston, and, and really pretty much, you know, Beaumont has probably suffered more than, than anywhere else. Hurricane Harvey had like a tendril or a tail, I don't know what it's called, but it moved directly northeast from that area. And eventually you get to Tennessee if you move directly northeast. And Memphis and Nashville took a huge amount of rain, like really, really bad rain for two nights. It was mainly Wednesday and Thursday night, and then it kind of tailed through Friday. No big deal. Didn't realize college football Saturday. Guess where I was during the 2.30 block, Bill? All the magical places I've journeyed as a college football reporter. Week one, the 2.30 slot, the big slot. I'm at line in a Lowe's 35 miles away from my home to buy a dehumidifier because I had three inches of water in my basement. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't blame Alabama, Florida State. Maybe it wasn't their fault. Although that was a really terrible game to watch. And if anybody wants to say that that's the best example of the best college football going, I think you're insane. I, don't, I mean, I just, I don't get it at all. Yeah, at that's all. the one. I, um, I, I've never minded the big bashing rocks together kind of game as part of the overall meal. Yeah, if that's all you're consuming of college football, you yes. that just don't, just don't. I mean, there's no, um, you're just you're intentionally missing out on a lot of fun stuff. And you can. This is not a slight to Florida State because I really enjoy watching them. When you compliment Alabama with a team like Clemson or Ole Miss, and it's not just because those are teams that beat them, or A and M, or uh, even Auburn in select years. It's really fun to see that when you make them uncomfortable uh, uncomfortable a little bit and then you watch the most talented and probably best coach team in all of college football respond, I think it's very compelling. When you see them exercise their will, it is, it, it's just dreadful. I mean, it's, it's, it, it makes you question why you watch the sport. And again, yeah, and if, and if you can Florida separate State this doesn't... as an – if you're an Alabama fan, separate – I don't care about the win or the loss. This is purely the viewing experience. If it was, you know, it was that five or six minute period late in the third quarter. I mean, if if that goes differently, if Alabama doesn't block the punt, or even if FSU doesn't turn around and fumble the kickoff after that, um, you know, this was a very tense tactical battle that was kind of interesting to watch the the adjustments that both teams were making. And FSU was making good adjustments too. Alabama had some success on offense and then had none whatsoever. So that, I mean, from that perspective, it was good. But yeah, once Florida State made three or four mistakes, that was all Alabama needed and and nobody's going to survive that. Was there anything else from the Saturday evening slot before we move on? Watched LSU do their thing. Um, Yeah, speaking of exercising will, yeah. Uh, you know, it was interesting to see individual plays that Matt Canada was calling, like we talked about. I mean, they were doing 
were putting four men in motion and stuff and doing these crazy shifts. Um, I wouldn't glean too much. I do think that they're going to be a good football team. But enough of last week, or a little bit more of last week. Bill, normally (laughs) we do this on Sundays, but you've decided to grace us with some fresh, hot, off the griddle. Let's go griddle. I like griddle. S&P Plus rankings. Now, normally yeah. we do this on Sunday nights. So here's what I'm going to do. Do we want to roll through them fast, the, t- the top 25, um, or do you want to do it in blocks? It's up to you. You want me to go five at a time? Um, sure. The fun yeah, part, actually, yeah, do that, but start at 32. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, to start with the teams I want to mention. So 32? Yeah. Go All right, I'm going to go we'll start- I'm going to go from 32 to 26, all right? Yes. You ready? And this is yeah. the tough part is because I have to remember who everyone played without looking. Uh, at number 32, I believe they played a crappy team of no import. That would be the Kansas State Wildcats. At number 31, Wazoo. They beat the crap out of an FCS team, which is never a given for Wazoo, especially in week one. At number 30, the Oregon Ducks opened the Willie Taggart era. They beat the crap out of Southern Utah. Number 29 is Baylor, and they lost to Liberty. Number 28 was Boise State. They played a game that we really hyped up here that was, eh, I don't know if it lived up to our hype, uh, but they won against Troy. Um, really cool play, though. I wrote about it on SP Nation where they changed possession like three times, and it ended up being a touchback. Should have been a touchdown both ways. Number 27, the Hogs. They beat FAMU on Thursday night. And number 26, Virginia Tech, played a really good game uh, against West Virginia. Bill. Yes. Your thoughts. So you, you'll basically notice that um, most of the teams that did any sort of movement more than like one or two spots, chances are they played an FCS team either way. Um, and and um, I think part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, so the way I've always used the FCS games, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a, a more sophisticated way of doing it, but I haven't uh, settled on that just yet. Basically, I divide uh, FCS into about six tiers. And um, so, you know, because generally speaking, if you look at like Sagarin ratings, for instance, the top tiers, uh, usually there are a couple teams ahead of everybody else, like James Madison this year, but for the most part, they're in the, you know, the 60 to 80 range, something like that, 90 maybe uh, in the Sagarin ratings. Then you've got tier two, three, four, five, six. The sixth tier is obviously the horrible 300, the worst kind of teams in FCS. Um, that's from a styles perspective, you can't, you know, obviously not every single team in the same FCS tier is the same, but you can at least get a glean for quality. Uh, and that's really always been my intent. You get 12 games here to figure out how good a team is. And I don't want to just write off one game. So I use this kind of approximate strategy and consequently for instance, FCS Tier 3 has played more than one game this week. Therefore, we can kind of compare teams within uh, the, you know, the teams that played, quote-unquote, FCS Tier 3. We can at least figure out some differences between them in terms of how they uh, performed. It's really hard to do that after one week when, like for Nebraska, Arkansas State, for instance. How do we know how good those teams are? We can kind of glean it based on uh, the preseason projections, and I do, but you only get so much out of that. And so the teams that moved up are, are basically the teams that absolutely – handled their stuff against FCS teams. Um, Kansas State, for instance, or Washington State moved up nine spots uh, for for basically pitching a, a shutout on defense. And then also, as strange as this sounds for a Mike Leach team, playing great special teams. 
Um, that has been, uh, they have been one of the most consistently awful special teams teams in recent years. And we'll see if that, uh, continues, but they actually graded out pretty much perfect on special teams. They were able to move up a little bit. Kansas state moved up a couple spots. Uh, Arkansas moved up a couple spots. So that's really, that kind of explains a lot of those shifts. And then the teams that moved down, you had a couple of weird ones in there, but for the most part, there are teams that either got blown out by an FCS team or just didn't play very well against an F. Uh, I mean, blown out by an FBS team or just didn't play that well against an FCS team. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor, the one thing I will say about Baylor, uh, only moving down two spots after losing to Liberty, uh, they had some spectacularly bad uh, turnovers luck. And uh, so that kind of softens that blow. Plus, Liberty is pretty good. So, um, that, that kind of softened that, but obviously if they continue playing at a level that allows them to be beaten by uh, FCS teams, even with bad luck, they are not going to stay in the top 30 for very long. So um, that's really the only, the only justification I have for that one. But if you look, uh, you know, Liberty fumbled twice, didn't lose either one. They picked off, um, let's see, they had four passes defensed all night, but two of them were interceptions, whereas Baylor broke up seven passes and probably should have had a pick or two but didn't. So that kind of flipped the tables a little bit. Um, and, and you know, either way it was bad. But Baylor averaged 8.3 yards per play and lost. That's hard to do, so congratulations on that. Very southern block coming up. We're going to go 25 through 20. Number 25, Mississippi State. They throttled Charleston Southern. Number 24, Tennessee, of course, big comeback against Georgia Tech. Number 23, Texas drops but not a ton losing to maryland number 22 old miss uh well, i guess they hold steady they beat south alabama uh yeah. number 21 georgia beats uh appalachian state number 20 texas a&m now here's your first controversy i guess but again it is only <laughs> it is only week one plus as we head to week two you have the aggies at 20 they were at 21 the ucla fat and bruins Way down at 35, but am I reading this right? Did they jump from did they jump to 35 from 74? Uh, you are not reading. Oh, that 32. Right. I'm sorry, 32. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they actually fell. Yes. All right. Explain uh, yourself. Well, uh, A&M UCLA was partially a product of garbage time. You know, when when a game uh, stretches out to a certain degree. Um, or when a lead stretches out, you know, basically I stop counting is, is how that works. Oh, I'm going to jump in real fast for those of you thinking what I'm thinking. Uh, I just, right below UCLA at 35 is Georgia Tech at 36. Yes. They, and they, they dropped They dropped from 28th. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, basically part of that is when, when you have an enormous comeback like that, like, a, you know, what was the win probability they had at ESPN at one point was like 99.8% for Texas A&M. Um, so UCLA did a lot of its offensive damage when the numbers weren't getting counted. <laughs> and then they come back, uh, you know, such, to such an extreme degree that they get start getting counted again at the end. So basically we eliminated part of UCLA's good offensive plays and part of A&M's bad offensive plays. Um that and A&M looked so good early and UCLA looked so bad that that still counts. So that's part of it. Another part is that A&M looked uh, good on special teams and that's something that isn't really adjusted for opponent very much. And so just purely good special teams plays will count a little bit more early in the year than they, than obviously they will down the line. Um, so A&M, you know, played final special teams, got a little boost for that, but yeah, I mean, otherwise it's just, they basically both stayed the same. Um, 
A&M was supposed to win a really tight game. They lost a really tight game, and both teams stayed the same. They moved, they moved up or down based on you know percentage points and based on what other teams did, but they basically stayed the same. Number 19, we'll jump all the way. Let's go all the way through the teens. Is that too much? No, that's not. Yeah, we're good. Number 19, this is a game that I joked on Twitter. We'll all admit or all say that we watched, but we, we really didn't. Oklahoma State beat Tulsa. They did what they were I watched to. it. Of course you did. Uh, number eight. I tried, man. I don't know. It just didn't. I don't know. It just felt exactly like what it was supposed to be. It wasn't compelling. Yeah, it was big, sexy deep balls. What's wrong with that? Big, sexy deep. Oh, I hope someone isolates that audio. Number eighteen, TCU. They beat Jackson State. Is that right? I believe it is. Yes. Number seventeen, the S and P Plus is um BFF forever. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, they dropped. Well, I'm shocked. They dropped a spot. They kicked the crap out of a temple. Um, the old uh, Miami Hurricanes are in at number 16. I've, they beat up on Bethune-Cookman. I'm, I'm really proud of myself for doing this from memory right now. Yeah, seriously. Number 15, the Florida Gators. We'll just just put a pin in it. They were 15. <laughs> we'll get there, all right? Number 14 is Louisville. Um, you know what? That was the Saturday night game I wasn't thinking of. I did have oh, that yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, by the way, props to the Fox Sports uh, streaming app. Fox Sports Go it was a lovely, lovely viewing experience. I enjoyed it very much. Um, that was actually a really interesting game. Jeff Brom going to have a salty Purdue team. We have to mention Purdue, Bill, because, man, I got added on Saturday night about Purdue. Which, yeah, we really. That's fine. That, that's on brand. That's, that's cool. our life. That's that's, that's just what's going to happen. For Number thirteen, Washington. Um, they played Rutgers on Friday night. I watched that game with. Uh, I had some. My dad was in town. My my mom and dad were in town. It was um something to watch. That's about what I'll say. Uh, number twelve is Wisconsin. Um, they yeah, beat. We're a, going through the teens. You just kept right on going. No, I was going to go all the way. To, I was going to finish at eleven. Uh, yep. and then uh, number twelve, Wisconsin. Uh, you know what? They they played a game this week. It was totally ignored. So guess what? That's peak Wisconsin. Uh, and then number 11, Stanford, did not play a game this week. That's why I was going to throw them in there. Um, okay. <sighs> I don't just want to go to the spots where people are going to yell about your rankings. However. That's, that's fine. However, remove the pick sixes. Florida's offense. How is this the S&P Plus analytics system? 15th team in the country. What's going on here, they, Bill? Talk they lost ahead. to a team ranked ahead of them, and we don't have much opponent adjustments yet. That's pretty that's much it. Completely fair. Completely fair. Um, and and I, again, like as, as we've been saying, like the FCS team the games are the ones where I've been able to kind of discern differences. And then special teams uh, is another way to discern differences early. And they were fine on special teams. So I've, I've been struck by uh, a lot of bad defensive performances and trying to figure out which one we're getting uh, hysterical about and which one we actually need to get hysterical about. You know, when I think when you look at week one, there's a lot that looks bad, but I also know that it's, it is week one and defenses are going to make massive improvements the next couple of weeks. We, we, we like to say that on this show. Um, everybody is focusing on Texas. I would throw out Tennessee, by the way, if you're worried about them. Um, it, that's just, that's a byproduct of playing that offense. I don't necessarily think that the world, I'm not saying that they're a fantastic defense. I'm just saying, you know, they won by almost exactly the amount they were supposed to win by. Obviously, yeah. it came in a weird order, but that um, game played out on paper like it was supposed to. Texas A&M's defense, UCLA's defense. Um, I'm trying to think of the other um, the other ugliness. Uh, USC's defense and Nebraska's defense. Those are the ones that jumped out at me. Um, 
the reason I bring that up is I didn't think the same way about Florida's offense. I guess I should. Because I think in almost every one of those situations, do I think Texas's defense will improve? Yes, I don't know how much. Do I think Nebraska's defense will improve? Maybe. It will marginally improve, I do believe. Maybe not this week, because Oregon looked fantastic against a really bad opponent. Um, but that game's in Eugene. So Nebraska, maybe that maybe we're seeing something there that we can eventually say is systemic. Um, of those other teams, maybe A&M and UCLA, it was a product of the circumstances, and it was a wild week one thing, right? I could see improvement for both of those defenses, all right? Tennessee, I can see definitely see improvement for their defense. I don't know. I mean, Florida's offense is going to do something. I just don't know. I, you know, Michigan is, good. Michigan is good. Michigan is a top-10 team. Michigan is a playoff contender. But is, Michigan, is Michigan's defense that, that good? I mean, quite possibly. Don Brown, star recruits, they're young. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, basically what, what the numbers see in this instance is the number 68 offense couldn't move the ball in the number two defense. Uh, that's not really abnormal. And they really – Florida it gets a lot of credit for recent years still in the numbers. They're third defensively. But, they don't, I mean, they held Michigan to like 5.7 yards per play, uh, forced a couple turnovers. Like it wasn't a bad defensive performance. It was a miserable offensive performance that drove all that. This is going to change – completely understand what you just said. This is going to start changing the conversation on Jim McElwain quickly. And I mean that in all seriousness, that he's not, he's not working for the athletic director who hired him and he is not doing the one thing that you have to do at the university of Florida. And that's put points on the board to win games. <laughs> and we saw what happened with his predecessor in this exact same situation, by the way, didn't watch a stitch of it, saw it through stats and stuff. South Carolina is a good win against NC state. Um, Huh, Miami, I feel good about there. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about Notre Dame at the moment. Um, Temple turned over some folks. They got a new coaching, a newish coaching staff. Yeah, there's uh, a chance that Temple's bad. Like, they had enough turnover there that j- it just might not settle this year. Yeah. But, I mean, they looked brilliant. And too, I think so. they know that, too. Like, because I, I did a piece on Jeff Collins that ran Friday. I, I went up there and saw those guys in, like, March or April. Um, th- th- that's a long-term investment at Temple because when you do have turnover and lose a coach, it's not a program that's just going to rebound. So um, we don't know. Maybe it, I think there's a lot of problems at Temple early on because they're starting from not scratch. You know, Matt Rule turned over a good program, and they're not doing anything that's drastic. That was the whole point of the story was those coaches know each other really well. Um, and that they run a lot of the same stuff structurally, philosophically, and even in terms of football. So I, I really feel like I'm weaseling my way out of complimenting Notre Dame. They look good. Notre Dame look good. But they were yeah, supposed it's okay. to. It's okay to say it. Do your job. Uh, their special you, teams looked awful, job. which was the primary driver of why they dropped slightly. But they're they're fine. Uh, Louisville. Hmm. I'm not so, sure. Not sure. Louisville f- still fumbles too much. And also has been hilariously unlucky. That I think somebody posted a stat and added me on it. It was like they've lost 21 of their last 26 fumbles or something. Um, and Purdue recovered four of five fumbles in that game. If Purdue recovers two of five fumbles, this is probably a 17 or 20-point blowout, basically exactly what was uh, expected. I guess it depends on which fumbles. But um, yeah, the, the, Purdue showed, as I was tweeting the other day, Purdue showed that – I mean, Jeff Brom – and especially with that defensive coordinator, um, they, I mean, they're not going to – they're, they're going to play their game. And when it goes poorly, it's going to go hilariously awful. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be matchups this season, including one I'm terrified about now with Missouri, uh, who, which has uh, even more questions in the secondary than I thought a week ago. Um, 
they're going to be able to, because they're just going to confidently take their shots, sometimes they're going to land those shots. And uh, this is definitely setting up to be a situation where, as I was joking, they're going to win at Wisconsin and get blown out by Illinois. Um, that, I mean, that's, I think that's the team they are. But Louisville got caught up in a little of that. Yeah. Purdue was able to be, get aggressive and make a couple plays, but a lot of this was just bad turnovers luck, and it would have been about a normal amount otherwise. Ooh, we could have a Purdue where the floor is lower than we thought and the ceiling's higher than we thought, and that makes for great oh, – I'm totally okay great with that. Great Purdue. I'm, I'm, I love as many stupid, volatile teams as possible. Well, I love me some good Purdue, and volatile Purdue is the best good Purdue. Uh, Lamar Jackson, by the way, I just want to quietly mention this. Master's voice. 30 of 46, passing 378 yards, no interceptions, two touchdown passes. He also ran for 107 yards, averaging a 5.1-yard clip per rush. Bill, do you know why I bring this up? Because Is he a Heisman candidate? Because Darnold and Allen ate the curb, um, <laughs> and nobody seemed to mention that. Uh, oh, plenty of people were mentioning Darnold. That, like, that's, we'll be fair there. Uh, he is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. I just would like to point that out. I'm not trying to stump. Um, I, I just, we're all about counter-narrative, right? Let's get counter-narrative and, and let's get, Bill, let's get counter-narrative by touting the return, the, the, the playing winner. ability of the returning Heisman winner in a Power 5 conference because that's so niche. It, it was funny. Um, it was funny watching Petrino. Like they, they were, it was like they were trying to run a certain kind of like the quote-unquote pro style uh, and then when it stalled out, they're like, all right, go, Lamar, go be Lamar for a minute. Okay, now let's try. Let, now let's go back to what we were trying to do. It was like he was just easing in this thought of more behind center, you know, read the field kind of stuff just to see how he did it. Yep. And he did it relatively well. But when it stalled out, he was allowed to go just run around and do crazy stuff for a couple plays. And then they'd rein it back in. Only thing I want to say about number 11 Stanford is I'm so excited for this game against USC. Um, yeah, Stanford and Auburn. Uh, we'll mention Auburn in a minute, yeah. but those are the two teams I'm most excited just to learn more about yes. this week. Cause I think they could both be top five teams and we'll find out this. Week. Also for your team chaos rooting interest. I'd like to make a bold prediction. Stanford, Stanford may not even beat USC, but they're going to physically beat USC in the way that only them big brawny nerds can. They're going to thump USC to death with a bag of hammers, and maybe they lose by three, maybe they win by three. USC is going to turn around and play Texas and lose. Okay, yeah. Then USC, yeah, no, they, yeah. Then USC is going to go on a run again because that's because that apparently Clay Helton is Mister November, and they're going to be right back like probably in the Rose Bowl. That's my thing. Yeah, I still – it's funny because I have – you know, because of what we were saying in the offseason about Herman getting his guys up for the, the certain games or whenever they do get to be an underdog, yep. uh, which, I mean, they might be an underdog more than we thought this year. Um, I am no less – after watching every play of that Maryland game, I'm no less confident in their ability to randomly upset USC. Mm-hmm. Bill, let's move into the top ten, shall we? Yep. Number ten, Penn State. Uh, did what they supposed to. Did it well. Yep. Saquon Barkley basically got to go and like get a sandwich and lay down halfway through the game. Still kind of stunk in short yardage. That makes me nervous. Uh, number nine, Michigan. We talked about them for a little bit. Number eight, Auburn thumped Georgia Southern. Uh, wasn't too hard to see that that was going to happen. Wonder if that job's going to open this year. Yeah, it might. Uh, number seven, USC. We talked about them. Western Michigan, tricky, tricky. Number six, Oklahoma. Number five, I forgot who Oklahoma played. doesn't matter. They beat the crap out of them. UTEP. Thank you. Number five, Florida State. Uh, down from number two. That feels about right. Obviously, your S&P Plus is sort of blind to the fact that Francois is out. So I'm cool with right. that. 
Just so you know. Yeah, and they also uh, rank currently 128th out of 130 in special teams, which anybody who watches that game, anybody who watched that game is now thinking, oh, I guess those special teams ratings kind of make sense then. Number four, uh, LSU. Number three, uh, LSU obviously beat. Wait, how far are we going? We're we going all the yeah, way. Yeah, we're going all one? the way. Yeah. Uh, right. Some of these, some of these we've already touched on. Some of these, I don't. I, it's not entirely compelling. Number four, LSU. They thump on BYU. They shut them out. They look good doing it. Number three, Clemson. Um, I know Clemson played a throwaway game. It was against maybe Akron. No, nope. That was Penn State. Kent, uh, Kent State. Thank you. Insert Mac here. Um, I really like the way that they played. I saw some highlights. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a fun year for Clemson. Uh, number two, Ohio State plays a really fun game. Uh, that that probably was our PAPN prediction special. Of course, they won at Bloomington, and then number one Alabama ruins the entire sport as usual. Um, up up seven points on the rest of the field. They're six point eight points geez. ahead of Ohio State. Ohio State, might, meanwhile, is six point eight points ahead of, um, like number thirteen Washington, basically. Bill, I didn't watch Oklahoma Utah. I don't know what Lincoln Riley is as a head coach. Put the sizzle on for as we push it forward because we're we're going to jump straight from this segment into the into our viewing and our our schedule and and, and what such for week two. Sell me on Ohio State, Oklahoma, because I'm – look, if you listen to the show, you know that we're not necessarily just going to buy in for number two for number three to the best game. Um, it, it is a game. Uh, yep. it, it is – I will say this. We have to say this because it's legally required on this podcast. We approve of this game. Why? Played on campus. So we like that. All right? <laughs> we like that. No more, no more NFL stadium business for a little while. So – um, it's going to be the big game. It's going to be the one everyone talks about. It's going to be the one we have to blog about at snbnations.com this Saturday. <sighs> I'm just not that interested right now. So my, sa- my sale on this game, number one, over the last ha- – I mean, if we looked at, you know, since the mid-portion of last season, these two teams have been either equal or OU has been slightly better. Um. Ohio State was at their best in September. OU was at their worst. And then the teams just kind of slowly drifted toward, towards each other the rest of the year. Okay. So you start there, uh, that this could be an even matchup in that way. And then you think about, like, if these two – like, not only from a quality perspective, but just from a pure matchups perspective, OU had a very, very disheveled, unsettled secondary early in the year, and Ohio State was able to take advantage of that and basically throw well for one of the few times all year. Um, that's that's oversimplified, but that's basically true. Like, they would not have had that same passing success had these teams played in November. Okay. Um, and and that was the difference in the game. There was like a five minute spurt that Ohio State was a uh, that was able to build a lead with, and then Ohio State's a team that's going to play really well with the lead. Um, you know, they were able to just run efficiently and stay one step ahead, and that was all uh, they needed. But if they weren't ahead early, if, if if for instance they were behind early, Ohio State is not really meant to be a team that plays from behind all that well, especially yeah. if OU is a little bit more capable of uh, attacking and playing with speed on defense this year. They're without Jordan Parker. Uh, he, you know, he got hurt. I think, I think it was against, it was either late in spring or late in fall camp or against UTEP. I'm not sure. Uh, one of their starting corners. 
But uh, they still have a high level of, of continuity in the secondary. They still got good safety play. They're much. They're going to be able to. We're going to be able to learn a lot more about Ohio State's passing game after this. Ohio State the other day against Indiana. You know they, the short passes were whatever. The long passes were bad, except for the one drop. And then they figured out kind of a nice little over the middle intermediate way to get the guy, get really fast guys the ball in space. Um, OU is going to be able to, I think corral that for the most part and they're just going to have to make some plays uh you know my guy beating your guy kind of stuff and we'll find out if they can if they can then they're going to win the game but if they can't OU's got maybe one of the only defensive uh, offensive lines in the country that could stand up to Ohio State's defensive line uh and they've got Baker Mayfield so what about uh, what um, about the casual fans assessment of this of the OU uh OSU secondary against Indiana um we were all joking about it on Twitter that, hey, they're probably going to throw a streak down the sideline. Hey, they're probably going to throw that streak again. Um, versus a competent passing attack of Oklahoma. Doesn't that just seem like a big old glaring weakness? Well, it was basically – it wasn't the secondary. It was one matchup that, you know, Indiana found, like, the matchup they liked with Simi Cobbs, and then when they'd find it, they'd hurt back to the line and they'd find it again and again until Ohio State could stop it. Basically, all of Cobbs' catches came on three touchdown drives. Otherwise, nothing happened. Um, and so, you know, if you're, I mean, OU is going to obviously be able to play with tempo and, and take advantage of the same, yeah. uh, uh, the same matchup advantages they find. Mark Andrews is a weird matchup. He's like a tight end slash receiver. And he had, he, he by far did their most damage uh, against UTEP the other day. So, yeah, I, I mean, like him. He's good. It wasn't a secondary weakness, but it was a, it was the, the, you know, there was the only matchup advantage Indiana had, period. They couldn't even pretend to run the ball, and they couldn't even throw the ball except for those three drives. So I, I don't really know what that means exactly. OU, if they find the same advantages, they'll be able to take advantage of them, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worried about Ohio State's secondary as a whole. I think as a whole it was just fine. I think, they're, I think Simi Cobbs is really I good. I think they could possibly pass all over him. It's very possible. I, I, I disagree. Why? We'll Tell me why. I'm kind of just. I'm kind of just. Because receiving core is is a complete and total unknown. Like we know Mark Andrews, he's pretty good, uh, and he is a unique. He he is a unique matchup that they might be able to take Seven advantage of. Seven catches for 134 um, yards and one touchdown against Utah. Right. Right, and, and against UTEP, but he is a unique uh, matchup, and Jeff Bennett is fast. But otherwise, what do they got? They got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores we know absolutely nothing about, and. Uh, I, you know, Ohio State's def- defensive backs that we know v- absolutely nothing about, I, I feel they can stand up to those guys. So it really comes down to Andrews and whether Bidette burns them for one or two big gains. Versus you have this another. weird ability, Bill. It's, uh, some people possess this. You did not go to OU. You do not care for OU one way or the other, but you grew up in Oklahoma, so you always have a very strong working knowledge of Oklahoma, almost whether you want to or not. It's, I noticed this trait. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I talk to friends. And I right, talk to friends. Right. And no. I notice this trait yeah. in people that are from somewhere different than maybe where they went to college or who they cheer for or whatever. Like if you do this with Ty Hildenbrand, who went to Penn State and is from lives in in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but is a diehard Notre Dame fan, he can do the exact same thing with Penn State. So it's an interesting little loophole thing. <laughs> no, I went. I went to a class reunion a month ago, and went, oh, you're How one of those looking, boy. How's oh you going to do this year? 
This episode of Podcast Ain't Played Nobody is once again brought to you by the good folks at Dollar Shave Club. By now, everyone knows the Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for just a few bucks. I've been a member for a while now. I love my shave so much that I keep shaving. I didn't shave for nearly six years, but this is so easy, so clean, so simple. Uh, there's just no excuse. What you might not know, and I didn't, is that Dollar Shave Club also has products for pretty much everything else I need in the bathroom. Body wash, shampoo, hair gel, lip balm. Wipes of different sorts. Everything. As soon as I heard Dollar Shave Club had stuff other than razors, I was sold. And just like their razors, everything is super high quality. Left me looking and feeling amazing. Uh, from premium ingredients to sophisticated scents, Dollar Shave Club is changing the game. If you're like me and you're sick of the nonsense at the stores, now is the time to try out Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, DSC is basically giving away their starter set to new members. For only $5, uh, this starter set features their executive razor and three trials size versions of their most popular products that help you stay fresh and clean. In your first box, you will receive their shave butter, their body wash, and their one wipe Charlie butt wipes. You will also receive their executive razor, which includes their premium weighty handle and a full cassette of cartridges. After the first box, replacement cartridges are sent for only a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash ncaa. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash ncaa. Dollar Shave Club's high-quality products products will have you covered from face cheeks to butt cheeks. There is no better time to try the club. Uh, last thing in the, in the rankings, Bill, um, not really necessarily part of the rankings either. I just want to kind of bridge out, but Auburn and Stanford, as far as like, I talked about LSU, I talked about Penn state as fun offense, fun offenses to watch, but I sort of know what they are. I don't know what either Auburn or Stanford are going to be, but I'm super interested. So those are teams that I really want to watch. Obviously, Auburn playing Clemson this week, Stanford playing USC, that helps. And we'll probably figure that out too, so. Yeah, no, I I mean, Auburn, you know, I've talked about them a a couple of times now, but I mean, it really is, um, they seem to me just kind of glancing at what they've got, like, uh, under the hood, this could legitimately be a top five team. And this is the week I find out if I'm, I'm right about that or woefully wrong. I think it just depends on what we thought Clemson was. I I, I mean, I, 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 well, I think I know good. what Clemson is. I mean, I, I really, uh, a, a really good defensive team, uh, yeah. ridiculously athletic and, and strong and big and all that, but just not quite as steady at the quarterback position or in the skill core even too. Like, I think that's still relatively accurate. Um, they're going to just have enough to, to get past most teams, but Auburn could match them. And that's what I'm really curious about. I was standing around talking to two Clemson fans on Sunday at a kid's birthday party, and they it was as the news about Francois was coming over the, the FS1 broadcast. Uh, cautious optimism for Clemson now in the, in the ACC. Definitely, definitely oh, yeah. a different oh, yeah. landscape yeah, and kind of makes this weekend that much more interesting for them is that you they could be right back in this thing even though they lost um, key components of the offense. All right, we're going to transition in. Those of you who mentioned the fact that we we omitted the Friday night games, I don't know why. I have no idea why, but we did. Somebody was asking, was this intentional? No, it's never intentional on this damn show. No. Uh, I am going to – here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lump Thursday and Friday together on viewing picks for this week because Thursday is basically bowing down to the NFL. Um, Friday's barely better. Yeah, it's thin. I'll put it that way. So we'll just run these real fast. Uh, um, I'll skip West Alabama, Samford. Yes, uh, yes please do. Um, the only, is this right? Yes. The only FBS team playing on Thursday night is on Facebook video and it's Utah state hosting Idaho state. Um, 
on Friday. I believe this is a this is a game that was moved, yes, because of the impending storm um, that's coming through in Florida. UCF is going to host Memphis at 5.30 Central Time, so 6.30 Eastern Time in Florida, uh, in Orlando. Um, Ohio and Purdue are 7 p.m. on FS1. Um, you know, if you're if you're really interested in what Jeff Brown's going to do, I guess there's no, and Ohio. Ohio is another team that moved up because they looked great against an FCS team, and and Frank Solich. Uh, that'll be a nice if if Purdue is ridiculously volatile, then playing a Frank Solich team will be a certain kind of test uh, of that volatility. So they they'll have to handle the business. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State's going to South Alabama. Um, South Alabama got runt by Ole Miss. Um, they were able to score some points, but I think they're I think. Oklahoma State will travel pretty well to Mobile in terms of keeping the the death the death machine intact. They'll they'll be fine. I think my viewing pick here has got to be Memphis and UCF because I think they're both good oh, yeah. teams. I think they're both good teams. I think they're pretty evenly matched as well. So, um, yeah, and you know, look, it's five thirty. It's a happy hour game on and right. Exactly, that's five thirty. Right there. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty nice. I, uh, one word about one one of the FCS games. Uh, if you care about HBCU football, check out Sam Houston versus Prairie View. That's a Prairie View will almost certainly lose that game, but you know they built a new stadium and they they scheduled this game as kind of a status check kind of thing. So um, it could be a good crowd at the very least. Um, you know, depending on on how just how the situation is down there in the general Houston area, but game worth watching for at least a little bit. Bill, it is a wretched morning slot on Saturday uh, again. Don't try and come at me with some weird take on like like yes louisville's playing north carolina and that's going to be a good game by the way game that completely flew under everyone's radar that was interesting to watch because i saw it on the goal line broadcast cal in north carolina yeah um good for cal huge for cal if i mean i still don't think they're making a bowl this year but huge win they could build off of i mean they beat a good north carolina program it's gonna be interesting to see if with everything that's going on in College Station, can Fedora pivot in a season like this at North Carolina where they lost so much and get a job like A&M? Um, the, the pick here, I mean, I'll run them down real fast. The pick, you're going to watch a little bit North Carolina. But uh, we got Buffalo, Army, Charlotte, Kansas State, Cincinnati, and Michigan. Um, I like everything that Luke Fickle's doing. It's just not done. hasn't really even started yet, so it's going to be bad. Uh, Eastern Carolina, probably, what, definitely the worst team in the AAC right now. Um uh, yeah, coming that off a of a bad loss. way to that was a bad way to start. Uh, going to a West Virginia team, kind of still smarting from VTech. I think they'll light them up, and then Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, um, Wisconsin, FAU, uh, Alaska. Yeah, I forgot about Alaska. Um, good to possibly watchable, which would defeat the, the entire concept of Asico. Uh, the ULM game that we talked about at Florida State is, as of right now, is still on for 11 a.m. Central. Um, don't know. Northwestern Duke, uh, South Florida at UConn, Towson, Maryland, UT Martin at Ole Miss, and then the 11:30, and we'll stop there. Um, is Jacksonville State at a Georgia Tech team? It um, man, that's let's mm. put it this way: Jacksonville State's heading to Atlanta, thinking they can win that game. Murdered? Uh, no, that's not gonna happen. Um, yeah, so good. So watch your Louisville and watch your North Carolina, and you will not miss anything else. Is that fair to say? Uh, Northwestern Duke. Pay attention to that game because it might be good. Uh, actually, pay, I actually, mean, honestly, North Carolina could suck this year. That might be a better game than Louisville, North Carolina. Um, I'm just kind of yeah. interested to see Lamar play on a uh, North Carolina defense that got popped by a Cal team that shouldn't be shouldn't shouldn't be able to do that week week one first season. Justin Wilcox. So Lamar yeah. might get gaudy. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, no, if you're watching for that reason, absolutely. If you're watching for just a quality game, you as weird as it may sound, Northwestern Duke could be. Because, I mean, Northwestern, I, I had very high opinion of them he- heading into this year. They looked okay against Nevada. They really didn't look all that great. And so now they got to show up because Duke is – I still haven't decided how good Duke might be this year, but they're going to be – they were – Plenty good against NC Central. Uh, they actually have a healthy and experienced quarterback, semi-experienced quarterback in the ACC, which is unique at this point. Um, and so that's that. That's probably the game I'm going to be most interested in from a results standpoint. Iowa, Iowa State's another interesting one, just because I still think Iowa State might be pretty good, um, and that'll test that theory pretty considerably. And if Matt Campbell can do something there, that's they game. showed they, that they is had resume as hell. They fl- flashed some hints last year, uh, and then they return a lot this year. No, so I, no I, doubt. I mean, it's just being Iowa State in the Big Twelve. It's it is a riddle. It's hard to solve how you recruit, what you what you run, how you play defense. Um, all right, we're going to transition real fast. I'll do the one o'clock through four o'clock games. Texas State at Colorado, Eastern Michigan at Rutgers, Fresno State against the worst team in college football to watch, but the best team in college football, Alabama. So Miami, Arkansas State. It was a two thirty Central game. It's canceled. Old Dominion, UMass, Pitt, Penn State. Oh, hello. Uh, San Jose, Texas hit on LHN, which means that Tom gets to work out his kinks and nobody gets to see it. TCU, Arkansas, Tulane, Navy. Mm, interesting. Western Michigan at Michigan State. Uh, Vandy hosts Alabama A&M. Central Michigan goes to Kansas. Wyoming gets to go home and uh, heal against Gardner-Webb. Indiana State is at Tennessee. Nebraska is playing at Oregon. Hawaii is at UCLA. Cal hosts Weber. I think it's Weber State. Uh, and then we'll stop there. That's the yep. 1 through 4 p.m. Central time games. Um, there's a lot here. There, There's a whole lot here. I am super interested in Nebraska-Oregon. Um, I don't know how much week one-ism there was with Bob Diaco's defense in Nebraska. So I don't know how much week one positivity you glean out of an Oregon offense that came and exploded on Southern Utah. But that really wasn't the issue for Oregon so much. Um, Nebraska could come in there and, and points them up. I mean, it's that the, I like, I like a game with interesting programs. that has a lot of questions. That's probably my pick in this slot, even though Pitt Penn state is a hell of a lot nastier than people realize. Oh yeah. That's like my second pick. I, I enjoyed this, um, in Tuesday's numerical piece. I mentioned how I'm I, like for the numerical each week, I'm just going to kind of keep track of Oklahoma state's big, big plays versus Penn states. Cause I called them. I called them both the most fun team in the country in my uh, in my previews, uh, and so that'll be kind of my way of uh, determining who's actually the most fun. Uh, then a pit uh, a pit fan spoke up. He's like, "Oh, cool. Well, let's see who Pitt plays the next two weeks." Oh, crap! Because they get Penn State <laughs> and then they get Oklahoma State right after that. Uh, if, if nothing else, we'll be able to learn pretty quickly if if Pitt can defend a deep ball. Mm-hmm. But. Um, no, that'll be a nasty game, an intense game that shouldn't be tremendously close after a while. Uh, but it could be at least a fun game to watch for the first half. And honestly, TCU Arkansas, um, yeah, that that's, could go so, in any that, number of directions, and I'm really curious about it. And if you're from a certain area of the United States, that'll be the first time you get to hear the horn fanfare of the SEC on CBS uh, intro. So you know yeah. you can get your rocks off that way. I'm not going to watch it, and nothing against those two teams. I'm just more compelled by other games, and I want to focus. I'm trying to not do the six-game viewing experience, as we've talked about, because I feel like if you're watching more than three, you're not watching any at all. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, if uh, Pitt. At, if you suck at, remi- at, at running the remote control, I guess. But 
No, I'm just talking about like absorbing as much as you can in a compelling game. No, if this, yeah, if if uh, Penn State's blowing out Pitt, then yeah, I'll bounce around. Whatever, I'll probably check out. I, I definitely go directly to TCU in Arkansas, considering the neighborhood. Want to point out real fast? Let's all pay attention to Western Michigan going to Michigan State. Yeah, let's make sure that we know about that before that thing happens, because that thing could happen. Um, Michigan like State. Said, to be to be fair, Michigan yeah. State looked looked handled looked like old Michigan State against Bowling Green. It very much did. But it now they got to do it again and again and again. And then Western Michigan went to USC and started trading punches. Um, yeah. Just like a crazy ninety pound dude in a bar fight who doesn't know he's ninety pounds. And then um, got destroyed like that guy would eventually. Yeah. Eventually, eventually. But hey, everybody, you know, get get your lick in. Um, so everybody only remembers the big punches. Yeah. Uh, PAPN recommends Nebraska to Oregon here. <laughs> Watch TCU Arkansas. Come on. No, you. Do you want to put your seal on that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'll be watching. What's the most watchable game in this slot? Well, let's put it this way: for for watchability, I will record Nebraska Oregon because I want to, you know, keep tabs on it. But in terms of what I'd be most interested in in real time, what do you want to watch live? Is my question. You get Penn State and TCU Arkansas. I'm going Pitt, Penn State, Nebraska, Oregon. I love you, TCU. I love them Hogs. I just think it's um. It's not. It could be fascinating. I just those two are more interesting to me. Look, man, Pitt, Penn State last year. The dude who won awesome. the, the the coaching staff that won the Big Ten went to the Rose Bowl. Was supposed to get fired. Remember that. Remember the James Conner plays. Like remember Pittsburgh. Remember Three Rivers going nuts at Heinz Field or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I mean that was such a great game. I I just want to see the call and response between the two programs. Um, yeah. All right. We gave out our seals of approval. All right, let's find our watchability starting. What did I start? In the this 6 p.m. Is, I hate this schedule because all there's so I much know, good stuff on when I'm going to be at South Carolina, Missouri, which is also one well, of the that's good your games. own damn fault. Um, actually, yeah, no. I, I can make fun of you for Missouri State. I can't make fun of you. That, that, uh, that actually might be a watchable. Ah, no That'll spoilers. be an extremely Ready? watchable. Bill, loaded evening slate. I've yes. got to travel early Sunday it. for a story. I hate this just because I'm going to be up until 2 a.m. 6 p.m. on ESPN, Auburn and Clemson. Te- Texas A&M comes home, host Nichols. That'll help them. South Carolina is at your Missouri Tigers at 6 p.m. Central. Uh, Alcorn is playing FIU. M- wait, no, maybe? What's the word on that one? Are we moving yeah, well, it up? Yeah, there has been no word, but since FIU canceled classes for Friday, I believe. I can't imagine. That game ain't going to be playing. You don't worry, and you don't care about it anyway. It's on BN, so <laughs> Uh, Chattanooga goes to LSU. They get to run. So here's the deal. LSU's probably going to score like 28 points in that game and win, and everyone's going to figure it. They just don't want to They don't want to show anything. Okay, right. I guarantee you. Uh, Georgia at Notre Dame at 630. Wow, those Yankees learn how to turn on the lights at night. That's crazy. Mississippi State goes to Ruston. Um, don't freak out. They've been there before. They've lost there before. Uh, <laughs> it's o- a freak out. <laughs> uh, Oklahoma at Ohio State, of course. That's the big one. Um, God, Mon- how are you going to have all these freaking games starting in the same hour? That is I'm just not done yet. Montana goes to Washington. UTSA <laughs> and Frank you are, Wilson. You are done. <laughs> UTSA and <laughs> Damn it, Bill. UTSA and Frank Wilson. I'm writing a story about Frank Wilson this week. They go to Baylor. Uh, we got to figure that one out. Uh, Western Kentucky on upset alert because they're going to be playing at Illinois. <laughs> Stanford is going to USC. I'm going to have to pick three of these games at least. Uh, Minnesota, Oregon State, Utah, I'd be what the Holy War. Jesus. Um, yeah, sorry for the nine. pun there. Boise State. At, oh, by the way, we're, we're now creeping past them. Prime time. Right, now yeah, we're yeah, in yeah, the, the, the late evening. So I tell you what. Pause for a second. Cap Stanford, it. All right, all right. 
Back up, back up, back up. USC will start at about halftime of those 6 p.m. So, games. Well, no, Stanford USC is at, is at 7.30 Central. Right. So, and, all right, let's, put, let's stop there. So, so take, minute, take the yeah. Holy War and all that. Let's stop there, and then we'll, we'll yeah. figure out nightcaps. Because this is, this is going to be – if you're watching all day, you're drunk. So we're, we'll, just, we'll figure out your drunkness in a second. Ah, um, uh, man. The evil pagan altar of primetime television claims another wonderful slate. Um, okay. Georgia Notre Dame is the game people are going to watch. They, I think they shouldn't. Um, hell no. That's going to be an awesome game. <laughs> I, I also would not watch it live, record it because Auburn Clemson. And, and if you're just, if you're interested in like aesthetics, South Carolina, Missouri are, are your picks there. I mean, I, I know I'm not supposed to have silence on an audio broadcast. But I'm just, uh, I'm, oh, oh. um, Come on. Notre, Notre Dame averaged like nine yards per play. Uh, now, granted, Georgia starting a true freshman quarterback is awkward, but you yep. can I'm you gonna go watch with this Auburn. game for a while. The atmosphere should be good. And then flip over onto YouTube and watch Herschel Walker against Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl. You'll get a nice, like a healthy college football experience right there. I'm going to go Auburn Clemson. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to go – I'm pick one more in this slot, and it's going to have to be Stanford USC. It's going to be half the two teams – the two teams I've already talked about. I am very interested to see, like, team – you know, PAP and team to keep an eye on, I do do believe, is Texas San Antonio, UTSA, and Frank Wilson. I think he's going to – Yeah, that is the PAP and special, yeah. uh, I mean, he is going to be a head coach that uh, is going to get some looks for for Power 5 openings. Um, And that's the story I'm actually working on today. I think it'll be out Friday. So – DVR it. Um, we talked about Oklahoma, Ohio State. We're not that kind yes. of podcast. <laughs> I just think in every way, shape, and form, Auburn Clemson is going to be better than Georgia Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, 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 no, no. I just, you were saying people shouldn't pay attention. Georgia Notre Dame could be fun as hell. Just DVR it. Don't, you don't have to watch it live. I think Put it in the, the Nebraska back, Oregon. That's in the background in the bar. That's in the background in the bar. That's it. That's all, fun, I mean, that's all I can say. By the way, I don't think Mississippi State's going to lose Louisiana Tech. Mississippi State looked really good last week. This will be a good test for Louisiana Tech because I they, they lost a lot of guys, but they've been really steady under uh, Holtz. So if they're steady Louisiana Tech with lots of athletes, they could make it a game, and Mississippi State could be quite good. Um, mm, I can't really say anything else. Don't don't get shocked when Illinois loses to Western Kentucky. And, yeah, no, I think my focus here is – I'm getting a decent amount of space here, but I'm still kind of pissed off about it. Auburn, Clemson at 6, and then Stanford, USC at 7.30 on Fox. So, meh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out very clearly how many uh, programs I can record at once in HD on my DVR because this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, this is, but this yeah, is a it, lot, it, yeah. For, for, as far as South Carolina, Missouri goes, that is kind of in the Nebraska, Oregon, um, Georgia, Notre Dame category of DVR because it could be crazy. Uh, t- Missouri was basically Texas Tech last week. It's like, all right, you want to you want to get in a, into a, sprint, a track meet? Let's get into a track meet and just big play, big play, big play. South Carolina absolutely wants no part of that. Yeah. Um, Will Muschamp showed last week when they got doubled up in yardage, but but one, they want to control their environment, and apparently Missouri is going to be best when that environment has no controls whatsoever. Um, so really, really curious about that one. A humongous game as far as Missouri goes. Um, their path a to, humongous to, game as far as South Carolina goes, too. Well, them, I, I, I was going to say that, and then they got their NC State win, so it's a little better for them. Obviously, that wasn't a conference win, but I'm not really thinking about them as an East contender at the moment anyway. So, like, they, got, they have so many big games early in the year. They need a couple of them. Since they got NC State, the Missouri game is slightly less huge for them. It's very big for Missouri. As though. bad as the East looks, if they beat Missouri here, they get 
they they already have the NC State win. They end up in a pretty pretty good like Florida New Year's Day bowl. That's gonna make. I mean, that's ooh, that is that is equity for for young Mister Muschamp. I am. I've turned on the PS View as we record this to realize that I'm going to be in the exact same damn situation, which is that I don't have... Oh, wait, I do. I have Fox 17 here in Nashville. Boom! I have a big old I have a big old 4K TV in my office, and that's what I'm going to be watching Stanford USC on. Death by a bag of hammers swung by a bunch of muscular nerds. Um, <laughs> all right, Bill, here's your drunk nightcap. You ready? Yep. Guess what? It's also good. Yeah. Nine o'clock FS1 uh, in on the LSU uh, football dot net schedule. It says in 4K. I mean, I think there aren't they all in 4K. I don't know. I'm on now. My now stupidly because I have a 4K monitor. I just mentioned I'm gonna have to turn on Minnesota at Oregon State for five minutes to see if it looks any different. Um, Minnesota at Oregon State. That's the last time I'll say it. I swear to God. The Holy War. Nine fifteen on ESPN two. Interesting. Uh, boy, here we go. You ready? You're not going to remember a stitch of this game if you drink even a little bit because this is just this is it, buddy. This is your illegal substances game. Boise State at Wazoo, nine thirty in the Palouse. So that's seven thirty local time. They are going to be nasty drunk. Houston goes to Arizona. Houston, I think, suffers for not having played a good UTSA, UTSA team. By the way, I feel the same for UTSA going into Baylor. They're both going now into Power Five schools that I think they're, they're better than. They don't get the benefit of a week one game, though. Yeah, they're uh, not. Let's let's not pretend ba- they're better than Baylor just yet. They Baylor, I we will probably be put a pen okay. in, it, buddy. All right. Uh, Houston goes to Arizona. Houston is better than Arizona. Um, they're probably going to win that game. I think. Unless they don't have an offense this year, there's a chance they don't have an offense this year. They have Kyle Allen. Uh huh. <sighs> I swear to God. San Diego State at Arizona State at uh, Pac. If you have the Pac-12 networks, that's at 10 p.m. Central, so it's 11 p.m. Eastern. What, what more can you ask for? Uh, by the way. Don't complain about that as if as if you want to complain about what time San Diego State and Arizona State kick off. That's 10 p.m. Central, 11 p.m. Eastern, but local time. I think that falls within what's a permissible at, yeah. uh, in that state in the month of September. There is a law there. I think I've written about it four times. People always ask me. They're not just doing this to screw over East Coast viewers. There is a law in Arizona about sporting events in the month of September because – it will be like a hundred degrees at eight o'clock at night, so that's why they do that. <laughs> um, phew, Boise State Wazoo, come on, how can you argue against that in the drunk slot? I mean, it's just too good. It's too good. Super interested to see what Houston brings out on offense against Arizona. How bad are things in Arizona? Is this it? Is Richard gonna? Is, is well, this the melody? They looked fine last week. They, looked, um, they, they put they up a million Northern Arizona. They played but Northern they Arizona. Still looked fine. That's all we know. Uh, yeah. We don't know anything more than the fact that they looked fine last week. So they have a chance. They all, you always have a chance to, uh, to, to rebound a little bit. But, yeah, it certainly didn't. Uh, well, let's put it this way. Uh, Arizona yes. State did not look fine last week. So they're oh, ahead of no, Arizona yeah. State in the looking fine list. That's a very good point. Um, okay. Uh, you got to pick Boise State Wazoo, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, I'll defend Arizona, but uh, no, watch Boise State, Washington State. And any, any, interest, any of my interest in Utah BYU has kind of been uh, suffocated by how crappy BYU has looked the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it was going to be hard for them to do anything against LSU, but they've had nothing to offer offensively so far. And if that's the case, Utah is going to win the worst 24-6 to six game you've ever seen. It's going to be a better week two than it was week one. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 
Why are you? Don't, why don't do you love week low, one so much? Don't argue with the internet, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Why don't why Why don't you Why don't you love week two as much as you love week one? I have nothing against week two. I love my children equally, but you are being very unfair to week one. Um, for those of you who might ask, there's a weird delineation in the way that the best football schedule website in America, LSUFootball.net, designates their their games. So the all of the games that we just ran through are what they have they're listed for broadcast, okay? Right. So there are FBS games I did not mention because they don't have a channel designation. So I right. can do those real fast, but I mean it's basically all the games that you would skip anyway, so I don't know how like if you're sitting out there listening like if you have thoughts Virginia Tech's going to be fine against Delaware at 2:30 on the ACC video app, um I'm just scanning through here real fast. Indiana, Virginia. Yeah, that was the one that I saw that might be interesting. Although, hey, uh, the red-hot Howard Bison are going to Kent State at 2.30. That might be something. Um, it's, you know, it's a lot of, like, Georgia Southern hosting New Hampshire, uh, you know, Liberty and Moorhead State, that kind of stuff. Honestly, so. I, th- I think the most interesting game on this list that, that I'm going through right now is North Dakota State, Eastern Washington. That could be great. Yeah, that actually might be the – yeah, that's definitely the FCS game of the week. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we do know that those games exist, like Middle Tennessee at Syracuse, Marshall at NC State. Um, they just, for whatever reason, are not designated of broadcast time, so we just don't include them in the list. Um, uh, I don't think any one of those that we would recommend over anything that we just did. So um, that's also why networks pick certain games for broadcast, and they don't pick others. Um, yeah. All right, Bill. I think it's going to be a great week, too. I think it's going to be better than week one. I don't care what you say. Your face. SMU, North Texas. That's something. It, it is. I'll check the score. Something. I'll check the score. I'll check the score on that one. Um, hey, how about ULL? they got to go to Tulsa. What's wrong with ULL? Uh, they don't have quite the same, um, what's the word, talent, I think, as they uh, – it seems like now at this point – I mean, who the hell knows? It, it, Hudspeth is could still be just fine there, but they just don't have the talent they did uh, a couple of years ago. Part of that was getting Broadway, the QB transfer, obviously, but it really kind of seemed like, what was his name? Ricky Bustle, the guy who was there before Hudspeth seemed like he had decent talent, but didn't know what to do with it. Now Hudspeth has came in. What was Broadway's first name? Is it Jim? To, uh, t- Terrence. Terrence? I wasn't even close. It was definitely not, it was definitely not Jim. But I, I next can... time I check into a hotel, it's going to be under Jim Broadway. I can tell you that much. Um, the scary thing about mentioning this sub list is that we could – that's the PAPN problem is we could sit here and do a whole show on this list. Yeah, so Terrence, we'll... sweet. I still have that in my little memory bank. Good awesome. for you. Uh, Villanova's going to Temple at 2.30. Maybe they win. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll certainly learn about how, uh, a little more about Temple at that point. Um, Tusculum at Limestone somehow got an ESPN three feet. Kind of gonna air. That's that's okay. By the way, just to jump ahead real fast, I'm severely disappointed in ESPN's Thursday efforts because it's just a little spoiler alert preview. Next Thursday is New Mexico at Boise State. Which that's not I good mean, enough. that's not good. It, enough. Well, the problem is that's one of the better ones. That could be super fun, but that shouldn't All right, be. Well, let's start looking at Thursday games. Texas now. Iowa State is. Oh, the way I skipped a week. Hold on. Uh, South Carolina State at uh, Temple at South Florida. See, like, what's going on here, guys? I'm like yeah, this. Then Texas Iowa State the next week. Louisville NC State the week after that. That's not bad. Is ESPN just is just are they are they giving up? They're certainly not giving up Friday night, which is the most annoying night to have college football on. <laughs> um, like, why is Nebraska at Illinois on a Friday night? How is that good? How is that good for any human being? This is not, is the, is the point. Um, I love when the AAC tries to tell me that that's good for their, their brand. 
I love that. But we didn't do questions this week. Um, we also didn't do a show intro. This is podcast day playing nobody. <laughs> My name is Stephen. Gun- oh man, you know what? We're not even going to put it in. Don't worry about it. Um, we packed out this week. Um, Palate cleanser. How about we leave it with this? Iowa is a fun school to make fun of. Do you yes. enjoy making fun of Iowa? You know who uh, else? I, enjoys I believe them? I have earned the right to make fun of them sometimes. Yes. Uh, do you know? You know who else likes to make fun of Iowa? Your ranking system. <laughs> Big time, okay. Um, I have, and this is all in good fun. Um, I got to hang out with Iowa fans at the Rose Bowl, and I got to hang out with Iowa fans in Indianapolis. The the same it was two seasons ago. Um, they're awesome. They are. I think they're quintessential college football. Is close to the definition of what you want a good fan base to be. There's this thing that's going around where uh, the University of Iowa is located in Iowa City, which is obviously a large city unto itself. And there is a children's hospital now that was built recently that has a, I mean, from the video I saw, pretty much a perfect view overlooking um, the Hawkeye Stadium. Now, this isn't totally uncommon. Um, The one that jumps out of my head is there's a hospital that overlooks Milan Pusker in Morgantown. But it's not quite like this. This is a children's hospital specifically, and also it is literally like up against Caddy Corner to the stadium. And so at the end of the first quarter, this is a new tradition. And, like, Scott Van Pelt has touched on this and a bunch of people, so you probably already know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, and you find yourself morally and spiritually exhausted with some of the crap that goes on in this sport, as I do often, uh, because I'm often down in it and dealing with it, it is awesome to see a video of Iowa fans and Wyoming fans on Saturday turning all in unison uh, at the end of the first corner first quarter to the corner of the stadium in which the children's hospital's at, and they wave to the kids in the hospital beds. That's it. That's the whole story. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I have some experience with children's hospitals. Um, my son has had uh, multiple procedures at Vanderbilt. It is a an amazing recalibration of your soul to go to a, child, to a children's hospital for any extended amount of time, regardless of what you're there for. Maybe you're there for something that's routine. Maybe you're dealing with something that's absolutely just horrendous and God awful. And if you are, you know, just hang on is my only advice. But to see that in the middle of an otherwise forgettable mid morning of games, I thought was as good a thing as the sport can offer um, at a time in which it needs to, it needs to offer us that more often. But I can still make fun of Iowa. Oh right? God, yeah, no, we're still, yeah. I mean, they're gonna punt twenty-two times a game, probably from the opponent's thirty-five on third down. But yeah, no. I mean, look, they're good human beings. It doesn't mean we can't make fun of them. Um, whew, I mean, if anything, they're probably gonna lose to Iowa State by fourteen. Now that we've said this, and just kind of keep the meme going. Uh, Bill, we are going to have a Sunday show. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, welcome. Uh, by the way, for, the, for those of you who don't know, um, we normally do a show. We normally do a show intro, and also uh, we normally do starting this Sunday an S and P Plus breakdown. And what we do is we usually take is it twenty five or thirty? Did we decide this year? We we really tried to keep it to that, and then by the end of the year, it was like thirty eight. But mm-hmm. yeah, in theory, well, twenty five to thirty. We put ourselves on a thirty minute timer to record the show on Sundays, basically because we're both very very busy. I'm usually I'll be traveling this Sunday when we do it. Um, so the key for us is to keep it tight. And it's basically as soon as Bill has the fresh S and P plus rankings, we go live with them and talk about them very similar to what you heard in the earlier segment on the show. So if you like that, it'll be up. Um, it's usually up, uh, late, late Sunday night, early Sunday morning. Is that right? 
Yes. Okay. Um, so that that will break down what happened in the weekend that was, and then we come back here uh, in the midweek, and we usually just try and push everything forward, talk about stuff we've written. This was kind of a weird week because week week one is kind of weird. It just ended on Monday night. So, Bill, I'll see you Sunday for the first time this season. Are you excited? That sounds stupendous. Are you going to have your damn numbers ready, nerd? <laughs> yeah, this week was a nightmare, as week one always is. But yes, I should, all, I should by all means have my numbers ready and raring to go. Don't think I won't just make up numbers. If we I should have also have a nice ragweed sniffle going on after spending uh, most of Saturday outdoors. That's a drug habit. It's okay. We're all friends here. I know. I know. Well, how do you all think right, I, I go? How do you think I managed to go through all this without sleeping? <laughs> right. uh, for the robot, Bill Connolly at SBN underscore Bill C. This is Stephen Godfrey uh, at thirty eight Godfrey. We'll see you Sunday.